say be careful what you wish for. I wanted I wanted TBD back together on a podcast, all of us together sharing the love. And lo and behold, I got it. I got it. Really happy this morning. Yeah, we're here, all of us. It's brilliant. We had a good last podcast with, with Dan from Rival, but um and Paul. But I thought it'd be nice today the three of us kind of have a, a quick chat about a couple of things that have kind of caught our attention over the um over the last few weeks. I guess that the, the the big one putting my Ireland esports hat on for a second, the big one that kind of caught my attention was uh the Olympic Virtual Series. I know a good buddy of yours, Dan, wrote a a LinkedIn post about uh Oh, it's unlikely that that is going to mobilize esports and gaming enthusiasts and help reach uh, a new audience. And uh, it's a it's a fascinating and strange one because they've dabbled in it before, haven't they, with the Intel series, which is probably going back what twenty eighteen for the Pyeongchang Winter Olympics. Um, but yeah, it's it's kind of tried to advertise itself as you know spreading its wings and be appealing to fans of kind of gaming esports and the sports but at the same time as mouth said it's very much feels as if it's just going to appeal to hardcore fans of that sport because it's kind of sailing rowing you know there's no football in there there's no basketball in there it's not your big name sports why why would they do that but and i suppose ben like i mean you know with your brand hat on for a second like and you're looking like and you're going you know, working for a kind of a, you know, a big brand in the space that, that could make similar type, you know, decisions or moves or, or, or be reticent or be reluctant. Why would the, the Olympics as a brand kind of look and say, well, this is the route we're going to go? Yeah, there's two things, isn't there? There's going to be um, PR value out of, you know, testing the waters to see, hmm, can we appeal to uh, to a younger audience who have potentially lost touch with what the Olympics is and what the Olympics stands for. Uh, and then the other thing is, are they genuinely actually trying to figure out, you know, what, if any, uh, virtual sport could become a genuine Olympic sport? So there's there's two things in my mind. First, they probably achieved the first by, uh, you know, going out with this press release and garnering a bit of attention but as, as Dan says the sports aren't your high profile like if it, if it was basketball uh, American football soccer through FIFA I think you'd have a lot more attention but they've got um, baseball cycling rowing sailing and motorsport probably the motorsport is is going to be the one that's going to you know garner the most attention because it's going to be done through Gran Turismo which is pretty cool Um but then it, it's a curious mix of straight virtual sports like Gran Turismo. But then, you know, cycling rowing will be done through something like Zwift or an open platform rowing machine. So there's actual physical competing involved in that virtual sport. So I think they're, they're, they've, they've mixed it too much to get conclusive results back to say, yes, people are interested in this. Yes, this is something that we could go on with. Is there, is there, were, and maybe it's this is hypothetical, or maybe this is out loud, or maybe this is just thinking, but like you look at, you know, the rowing um, initiative, you look at cycling, which is what well, with Zwift, and you kind of see like it doesn't feel embraceive, you know, like, like anybody, like take League of Legends, you know, we, we can all go and download League of Legends, you know, it's a free to play game, yeah, okay, yes, you've got to invest, you know, to spend in it, you know, but, but you can. 
you can kind of learn the ropes and you're engaged with the game or a Rocket League, for example, you know, a similar, but like, you know, a Zwift platform is not, is not cheap, you know, a, um, a smart rowing platform, you know, is not cheap. So does it feel a bit elitist, you know, to, to kind of, you know, well, kind of the, am I being too harsh? Virtual sports rather than esports, haven't they? Mm. so it's yeah. trying to go after the ones that are close to that but yeah as you say you know the, the sports on there cycling you get a zwift and that's not cheap you know no. how many people have got rowing machines at home that are going to link up to play virtual um if how many people are going to have a kind of full-on um racing setup for motorsports you know they're yeah. thousands and thousands so they're not exactly appealing to people who want to take it up and want to kind of go on there but going off slightly and this is something i i'm starting to listen to some running podcasts now this is kind of my my new flavor um and we're talking about london marathon so last year they had the virtual london marathon this is this is probably moving into the inclusive side but this year they're i think they're running the normal london, london marathon in october but they're still going to run the virtual as well alongside it so then you can have however many people turning up to actually run with the crowds, but then you can also run no matter where you are in the country. I think so they've liked what they've, they've got and they're actually merging the two and that could stay for, you know, years to come. Yeah, I think that's, that's really cool. It's sort of democratizing something that, that you know, a very few people can do um, on the day. So... And then, and then they're always going to reach capacity issues, aren't they, in any given city? So, like, it's it's a good way of earning more cash outside of the however many thousand people um, take part on race day. Um, but it's still going to be for athletes, isn't it? Um, and the Olympics is, like, the peak of the peak. So I suppose by focusing maybe on Zwift and an open platform rowing, you're still going to have athletes who are, you know, top of their game doing these things it's not going to be like fifa where anybody regardless of their physical abilities could compete so yeah look it's one to keep an eye on i know some people are pretty positive and excited about it and some people are kind of detractors saying it'll never work or you know it's not in the spirit of the olympics but i think they need to try try these things and i suppose that's the important thing yeah and i agree yeah so uh, I, I i i think they have to try i think you're going to be damned if you do damned if you don't scenario anyway and you know um i think you know we've probably got to the point you know where you know i think we, we've said this a few times you know esports is an umbrella term you know so you know what is you know what is is true esports you know is it your league of legends you know is it your your overwatch your call of duties uh, and you know are these the type of platform of, of games that need to sit in an Olympics? Maybe, maybe not. I suppose what was interesting from my perspective on the whole thing was in the international sense, you've got the International Esports Federation, you've got the, the Global Esports Federation, you know, and they've both done consultative work or strategy work or, or they've engaged with the Olympics. Um, uh, but, but, but yet in the announcement, it was very clear that the Olympics were working directly with the, the underlying federations on the um you know on the activation uh, and i think that's that that for me was actually a key you know key message key point that you know they didn't go to the isf they didn't go to the gef and i'm sure there's conversations going on in the background we don't know about but they didn't go to them to kind of help you know activate even at a national level you know and we've seen like in 
e-premier leagues or you know football clubs going in you know that 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 you need that kind of in either in-house or true partnership you need that kind of knowledge on it you know uh, and that applies to anything i mean you know you know your own your own day-to-day you know dan is the same you know it's 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 that that expertise is is in-house so like you look at maybe an irish rowing or a british rowing and you go well do they have the capabilities and the resources in-house to to successfully you know implement this you know and reach who they want to reach you know and yeah that that that's something that really jumped out for me on the message yeah definitely and i, I mean do you guys think that essentially in the future this could merge with the you know the in-person olympics in itself you know are the days of getting thousands of athletes all into one big village you know looking less likely in years to come and we have that kind of virtual so you know you get new sports that come into every cycle um could a virtual event be another sport that gets into that so you know we've got rock climbing that coming up in this olympics for the first time could there be a virtual event that kind of steps in and takes one of those places because it's always been a slight popularity contest of what are the cool new sports that need to come in and what are the sports that you know are dying out that need to come out of the olympics that's there's always that churn within the games yeah i'd say like in my mind even if they are virtual events it'll still be in whatever the host nation is you know in a stadium that's packed out with the virtual uh competitors performing you know in a in a a packed stadium i think uh, it won't be a case where you or i uh will be sitting at home you know, competing in the Olympics from, you know, our couch or whatever, it'll, it'll be sponsored athletes that are training to get to the host nation and to compete in front of crowds. I think that's ultimately where it'll always be. Have either of you gents seen, um, Hado? Hado, Hado? No. Um, it's worth, uh, it's worth having a look. So it's, it's, it's virtual. Um, it's, it's a headset based game, almost a bit like dodgeball. You know, so you put on your headset and you get like, you know, you, you do your harukin and you, you, you throw your fireballs and people have to move out of the way, you know. And, and if you're seeing it on the TV screen, you know, it looks great. You know, if, if you're seeing it without the benefit of a TV screen or what they see, it just looks like a couple of people are moving around like uh, like maniacs, you know. But um, it, maybe that's, you know, that, that that's a bit of something, you know, I think it's uh, it'll be I think I think either way, look. Uh, to your point, Ben, I think they have to be commended for having a bit of forward thinking and, and trying something. Um, it'll just be interesting to see where it uh, where it all goes, I guess. Exactly. Yeah. Right. On to other exciting stuff. Look at us, huh? Packing so There's much other in. Exciting stuff. There's other exciting stuff. Yeah. Yeah. They. Um, we were having a chat through through social platforms about, you know, like we've had recently, we've had Neymar come into Fortnite. Royal Blood did a did a concert in Roblox, and uh, you know Kyler Murray, you know, signed with that uh, with Phase. You know, it just seems to be increasing this uh, celebrity esports gaming crossover week by week. So, um, I'm 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 gonna I'm gonna put a question to you, Dan, because we had a question. I was kind of saying which Irish celebrity would you like to appear on, and we had some um, pretty good uh, pretty good engagement and sub engagement on, um, on on who he is. Um, just for anybody listening on the poll, it was uh, 44% uh, wanted Conor McGregor, um, 8% Niall Horn, 24% Katie Taylor, 24% U2. And other comments included 
um, the rather wonderful um, Oscar Wilde um, and um, Michael Flatley. But it was interesting when you actually kind of read into the comments of, uh, you know, Conor McGregor, obviously huge platform, global star, but does he represent Ireland in the same way as maybe Katie Taylor does? Um, there wasn't much of an argument for, for Niall Horan, who probably, you know, is our biggest pop star, you know, in terms of social audience in a way. Um, and then, you know, you came back to, uh, to um, you know, you two and how they, they could maybe, they don't need a game, they could just use TikTok challenges. So I'm going to open this up with a question to you, Dan, of, you know, who, which UK star do you think would be a good, our band or or anything should be in game or would be big enough to be in game? You know what the first thing that popped into my head was? Oh, this Gareth Bale good. in a golf game. That is, that is <laughs> meme worthy right the real there. Madrid, real Madrid fans even more. Yeah. Yeah. That is, uh, so it would be PGA 2K, <laughs> Wales, golf, in his, in his Madrid. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Gareth Bale, not a bad start. Anything else? Ooh, I'm a bit. I'm a bit apart from the uh, from the music scene due to my age. I don't think you get to hear that many new bands on Radio Two these days. <laughs> but I think you know you've got some big football stars, especially. Um, I mean, you look at the other ones. I mean, you mentioned Neymar. Imagine Mbappe crossing over into something. That definitely on there. Haaland as well. You know, you look at some of the biggest stars uh, in world football. There's definitely opportunities in there. I, I think why Neymar appeals is I think obviously look his his audience is just is just ridiculous, you know, the, the size of it. But I think, you know, there's a playful personality there. You know, I, I think Haaland, you know, he obviously unbelievable talent and you know, the the Haaland Mbappe is the new Ronaldo Messi kind of argument, you know, but but you know, he hasn't kind of we haven't seen that kind of personality shine out maybe yet, you know. And I think maybe that's that's the thing. I, like we've seen Anthony Joshua is in career mode in FIFA. You know, could he carry something in a you know in a standalone? You know, in the same way that maybe Neymar has. You probably look at maybe you know maybe I show my musical taste, but like could somebody like Coldplay do a gig in Fortnite? Um, you know, are they are they kind of at that level? Um, I'm sorry, Dan, but we have to go to a younger person, and that is Ben. Yeah, so this is uh, it's above our pay grades. Well, I had my point of view on your poll, Trev. Um, you know, Conor McGregor, obviously massive worldwide star, but, you know, personally, I don't particularly want to see him anywhere because I don't like his uh, his way of representing the country. Um, you know, that's not taking away from his talent or anything like that. It's just his personality and character. Uh, I don't think it's a great, great role model. Whereas Katie Taylor, like you know stunning role model for any 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 person regardless of of gender um so it would be you know she's an easy choice but it'd be kind of i i can't close the gap in my mind as to where or what kind of game she would appear in i think things like you two you know they obviously have an older older fan base you know if they wanted to turn around and try and reach a younger audience is something like doing a, a massive Fortnite concert uh, the right thing for them. I think um, one of the chaps who left the comment, Michael Brown, did have a good point that, you know, maybe the U2 current audience doesn't offer 
fortnight anything because they're hardly going to pick up the game. It'll be a very one-way street. Whereas Conor McGregor, you know that probably a chunk of his fan base are going to play Fortnite. Um, and, you know, it'll be a two-way street. So, personally, I'd love to see you two because I'm a big fan. So, there you go. That's a bit biased. Um, as for anyone else, geez, I don't know. Like, I think... Okay. Yeah, you can, you can easily go to any of these guys. You just pick up the latest Pepsi commercial and just choose any single one of the personalities in it. And every one of them would make sense because um, that's the whole reason they're on a Pepsi app because they have massive audiences. Um, and sport is always the easiest thing to go to. I, th- I thought Oscar Wilde was actually a really interesting one in the comments because, you know, there's a, a bit of history and maybe the, the Fortnite audience wouldn't even know who Oscar Wilde is. And I thought, geez, you could start building in some of these, you know, personalities from the past that people should be learning about. And I think Trev, you made the point before about the uh, the the FIFA cards, the uh, the legends. Um, you did your thesis on it or whatever that you know George Best or anyone if they appear in the FIFA game and then the young, younger audience actually go and search out information on those characters. So maybe Fortnite or any of these platforms could play a, a role in educating people about our literally pa- literary past. So Dorian Gray, Sherlock that. Holmes. I'd prefer to see that than kind of KSI's and Logan Paul's uh, appearing oh, yes. in them, which is probably equally as likely. So, uh, are we saying in this 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 open future, this not too down uh, that our our history learning is going to be potentially done through video game? Why not? Why Jeez, not? I probably would have paid more attention in school if if that was the case. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, interesting. I mean, well, could could you go to you know, a fortnight and pick, you know, Sherlock Holmes as a, as, as a character, you know, and, you know, he's got his magnifying glass and, you know, he's he, he's got some potions and tricks and, you know, what impact would that have, you know, on on a younger audience? You know, would it, you know, like that FIFA example that, that we spoke, would it lead to greater search around learning around that? Yeah, that's a brilliant point. I really like that. Yeah. There you go. If anyone's listening from the education sector, they know what to do. I'm still thinking about Garrett Bale in a golf game. I just think that would be hilarious. <laughs> it's such a meme that uh, you could you could sell that skin pretty easily and people would buy it just because it's a pure piss take. Yeah. Well, he's got his esports team. Why not just kind of enter a team into the PGA Tour for it? Yeah. Amazing. Yeah, it'd be a smart, it'd be a smart move. Um, Maybe not while he's still got a Real Madrid contract. Maybe, maybe not. Not, not while he's still Real Madrid. <laughs> if, he no. his, if he wants his six hundred grand a week for the next year, it'll be interesting. Though I mean, it it was funny on the on on the Neymar um, going into Fortnite. Like you know, like Sean, you know, my 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 eleven year old or soon to be eleven year old. You know, he 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 does not consume football content the way I would consume football content. Like he 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 knows he knows the news. You know, the transfers of the big players who's going somewhere. He knows the score of games. He knows if a if a goal was good or not, but I have not seen him sit down and watch a game. You know, it's 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 true TikTok, it's true true exchanges with friends and and look maybe in a different way I was the same at eleven would I have sat down and watched the game in full? I I, I actually don't know. I, I can't remember. But what was was interesting was, you know, it's the sometimes I think the in-game experience you know for, for a child is probably same as the crypto experience for an adult it's that formal you know it's the have I missed out here on something and regardless of whether you need it or not you feel you have to you feel you have to have it it's that 
you know, social kudos maybe around it. I think maybe that's what the namers of the world bring that maybe uh, a Holmesy, as we'll call him, um, and, and, a, and a Watson wouldn't. You know? You've got to remember as well, Trev, that when you were young, there was only three channels and you had about one game a month. That's yeah, true, actually, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mightn't be as... Uh, as, um, as, my, as, my football as clever as I am. Was the, F, was the FA Cup occasionally and um, creating scrapbooks of Manchester United players. That was about it. And getting Shoot Magazine. Yeah, well, like, think about that, getting the Shoot Magazine and reading an, an interview at Ian Rush or whoever it might have been back then, uh, you know, in the in the 1970s. <laughs> no, um, but like now, people have so much more access to uh, to any of the sports stars. So it's no wonder they're kind of getting all their news and content through Insta or or um, or TikTok or any of the channels. Like I was watching uh, Formula One Drive to Survive, and you can see Lewis Hamilton at the end of a race, like or most of the racers just get their phone out and they're like live blogging through uh, through Instagram at the end of the race. So that's content you're not getting through your TV and you're closer to the action. So it's, it's no wonder that's the direction things are going. And I think about me watching, watching football um, like I'd watch live Liverpool games, but everything else, I just catch the highlights on YouTube. You know, I'm not recording any games to watch. I'm just, just purely to see the goals. I watch five to seven minutes of highlights on YouTube. Same with rugby. Like I'll watch every Leinster game, pretty much every monster game everything else i'm just picking up through highlights and i'm happy enough yeah Is that I mean, attention like span? united game last night against roma you know i don't have bt sport anymore i don't have sky sports so all my stuff is through the united app through youtube to catch some highlights and then sometimes if i want to hear some pundits talking rubbish about my team after the one then i'll go on to match of the day and watch it on catch up on iplayer you know that's my football consumption and like I, I guess Ben, just like on, on the on, on the, the the Leinster monster stuff, like if there was a a big war zone invitational, you know, is it the same approach? You know, are you, you know, are you trying to watch that through Twitch, or would you spend a bit longer, or are you catching, you know, the highlights again? You know, that's that's a a, a different thing, isn't it? And mm. I've I've spoken to a couple of people about this. Like I could sit down and watch four to six hours of a card invitational in in the background um, and obviously you know mentally tune in for any of the key moments whereas you know sometimes i'm watching the pro 14 this year and i'll i'll, I'll have pressed uh, pause at some stage so i have an ability to fast forward and if the ball goes into touch i'm fast forwarding that line out like is that weird i've like played rugby watch rugby all my life but now i'm feeling i'll oh, just get through this bit just get through this bit like to the action whereas you know, that's an 80-minute game I can't concentrate for. Uh, but I could watch four to six hours of a COD Invitational or, or a Dota Championship. So you, you take that COD Invitational, and is that because it's just constant action? Yeah, I reckon so, isn't it? And the hype from the, 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 the casters is outrageous um, as well. So maybe maybe it is. Um, so it's the entertainment value of the, the commentators. It's not the, it's not the you know... It, they're, they're pumping you up, and and the action itself is pumping up. So you're getting that double hit. Might be, yeah. I've never I've yeah. never thought about it, but I do notice that, like, me and a few mates have spoken about it before, just about you know watching soccer or rugby or anything that we've always watched all our lives, just finding 
uh, actually, you know, I'm kind of fast forwarding through the game, like which I, is is a bit mad. Um, whereas we're spending a lot of time watching COD or in our, in our like watching a lot of Apex at the moment um, through Twitch, and I could watch that for an hour, an hour and a half, just on my phone in the background. Yeah, it's with the um, casters as well. I don't know if you guys saw La Liga of, uh, for a little while now. They've had La Liga casters. So you can listen to kind of alternative commentary from one of the main guys is a guy called Ibai, um, who got World Stream of the Year um, last year. Um, Spanish speaking for um, for streaming is huge. And, you know, he's got a massive audience. We, we did send him um, some stuff for Spurs before the cup final. Um, so he did a kind of big unwrapping of some gifts from Spurs. He did choose to do it on the Tuesday after the Super League and Jose Mourinho's sacking. So he, he could have left it in a couple more days and it would have been better. But, you know, he's one of those that's kind of trying, the La Liga are trying to build, get that into that hype area. You know, use the enthusiasm that these guys have got that hopefully are going to engage with a different audience. And they... He hosted, they did a live of one of the games from La Liga on his channel. So you could watch the actual game itself. So it's kind of, you know, they're testing new things and you're not going to get a Real Madrid-Barcelona because it's too valuable on the normal channels. But if you've got a Elche versus Granada, for example, that no one's going to watch, but you, you can offer an alternative way of watching it, then it suddenly becomes a bit more interesting. 